This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Christmas time, no mistletoe and wine here. Just talk of the Sparites with me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Bass and Daryl Carpenter and Paul Fisher. The Sky is Blue podcast is back. Well, we think it's still blue. It's been that foggy for the last few days. We've not really seen it that uh, much at all. But, uh, well, are we all getting ready for the festive season, guys? Yes. Mm? (laughs) Very much so. Is it panto time, Stuart, at uh, the theatre? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Oh no, it isn't. <laughs> oh no, it isn't. Oh god. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So, so yes, we're ready for the festive season for at least as much as festive as we're allowed to be, I suppose. Mm. Um, and whether there'll be any football to, uh, on the festive season, who knows? Because of course, uh, last couple of games of Chesterfield's not counting, and then the Geisley FA Trophy match falling victim to COVID. So whether we'll be playing at Halifax. Uh, um, in the last game of the calendar year, then Kings Lynn at home on New Year's Day, and then I, I think we've got a date down in London or something you know, a week <laughs> after that in the FA Cup. I'm sure that'll uh, that'll come out. So we'll be talking about the the last few games, about support, about ooh, frost covers, whatever it is that might uh, take us uh, into the the next uh, hour or so of the the podcast as we always ramble on. But you know, let, let's just consider the fact Stuart that Chesterfield will be going into the Christmas Day festivities at the top of the league I think it's a long time since we can say that that's that's something that's been a fact it, it it's wonderful isn't it we haven't uh, had a start to a season like this for for quite a few years have we um and, I, and and what we've also got is we haven't got an army of naysayers behind us reminding us how terribly we usually do in the second half of the season if we happen to be top of the league uh, at the end of the first half of it. There's there, there's a real feeling about you know the progress that the club has made and the direction it's going in, um, and and optimism has has sort of triumphed over over the few who are who are used to seeing us blow it, you know. It, uh, it, 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 and Daryl, as, as Stuart says, there it's a things are always a combination, aren't they? And this is a combination of things being right off the field that's created the environment for it to be right on the field as well. And the two, they don't always go hand in hand, but if they do go hand in hand, you're much more likely to to reach the holy grail, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. And um, I think if these these seasons, hopefully occur very very rarely in these longer periods in a club's history even more rarely um but there is 
there is a feel-good factor around the club and I think it, it began the day that the, the community trust took control. Um, it survived the throes of COVID and all that threw at us in that season. Uh, we had that obviously bumpy start with, with John Pemberton and then uh, James Rowe coming in. But since, what was it, November last year did he appear? It seems to have yeah. Seems a long time ago. Um, it's just been a continual up upward curve. I mean, we looking back, we were unfortunate, I think, not not to beat knots in the playoffs, uh, but it just left everyone full of enthusiasm. All the acquisitions over the summer and beyond. Um, great start to the new campaign. Uh, a cup run, God, God forbid. Um, so all those things added together, um, yeah, it's it's fairly special times at the minute, and one we should all treasure and remember um, how quickly things have turned around. But it is all down down to goodwill on and off the pitch, I think. Mm. And unbeaten in the FA Trophy for years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paul, you you you've you've been to all the games uh, this season, and. Chesterfield, the difference between last season and this season for me is that Chesterfield seem to have found a way to win uh, when they're not at the top of the game, or at least get a draw, Paul. And whereas last year the the wins were absolutely terrific and the style of football was really really good, but those ground out days didn't always happen. No, that's that's right. Um, this season there seems to be it, it very much mirrored the sort of thirteen fourteen season where. Chesterfield are going in as favourites for for most games, you know, and in fact, all all the games they're going in. There's a there's a bit of a, I wouldn't say a sort of swagger about them or an arrogance about them, but you know, we're going in with a real a real chance of getting all three points and not going away with just a point. You know, it, it's one of those confidence things, I think. And this group of players that's been pushed so hard this season, a really special one, and the, and the, it's been the last sort of eight weeks we've seen. Reduced down to the bare bones, just the, just the team having to play in different positions, um, reevaluate themselves, and still come out by getting results, even if it's a point at Dagenham or a fantastic three points at Grimsby. Um, there's some character about this team, and it's it's a step up from last season. You can just see that last season you saw that we fell short because of the poor start last last season. We ended up in the in the playoffs. And we were just a little bit behind Notts County. This season, we're taking it on another level. It's been, you know, pushed onto the the top tier. And rightly, um, next Tuesday's game against Halifax, if it goes ahead, obviously first versus second, is a real marker for the Spirites for the remainder of the season. And Paul, you know. Hardly any club will have had to have uh, contended with so many so significant players on the injury list. You know, Maguire, Hollis and Gunning, just to start off with the uh, the back who'd all expect to be in the first 11, certainly on the on the match day squad every week. And then we could just keep adding and adding to that. And so even down to the bare bones when empty empty seats have been available on the, uh, on the subs bench, which has meant that Rose not had that flexibility to use the the metronomic performances just just keep coming or the winning performances just keep coming Paul 
Yeah, look, you look at Alex Whittle, prime example there. He's just slotted in at left centre-back. He's never played in that, that position before in his life. He had to do it at, at Dagenham. And the last couple of games, he's been there, you know, and he's the smallest player in the squad, isn't he? And he's just settled in that side. Him and Miller have formed a really good partnership on that that side. One slots in when the other one's pushing forward. It's really, it, the way they do it, it's really good. Tyrone Williams as well, just slotting across and how well he's settled into the, the, uh, the squad as well. So... Just that little bit of character they've had. Jim Kellerman is 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 so workmanlike, isn't he, with it, with his performances, and he put every ounce of performance into his uh, into the side and getting those uh, you know performances out as an attacking midfielder. He can play in defence as well. Just really, we've just seen that little bit of extra being brought out of of the side, and okay, it helps that they're winning. You know, you can't you can't knock that that as well, but. You know, um, of course, they're being paid to play. You know, they they really do uh, do want to play for for James Rowe. It appears, and you know, uh, it's it's just a special special time at the moment, just because we haven't had this for for five for six years, have we? So it's it's really nice to see. Um, you mentioned about Whitler left centre back there, Paul. You know, it, it still is quite bizarre that that position very frequently is is overlapping the likes of Miller with Chesterfield <laughs> yeah. going forward. He just he just seems to have got a, a, an engine the likes of which probably only George Carline seems to have got in the squad. Yeah, absolutely. He's he, he's come out of him. He's had to wait ages to make his uh, place in the side, hasn't he? And it's been a um, no, it's been really good to, good to see because he's got his game at Curzon, didn't he, when he started at left wing back. Um, and then he's just had to slot in and, you know, he's replacing all these left-sided centre-halves that are out injured right now. And he's, he's arguably matching them with performances. It's um, he's, If you could have Clubman of the year or something, or half the year so far, he's winning it hands down. And Stuart, when mm. when these injuries started happening, and the likes of uh, uh, Gunning and Co were were being lost to the match day squad, you know James Rowe just seems to have plucked people who hadn't played for ages in the likes of of Kroll or were in the first teams of competitive teams like Williams that Paul Paul's match, and they all seem to have just come into the side as if they've been here for a hundred games. It's exactly that, isn't it? You look at um, Williams and you, and, and you forget that we only signed him a few weeks ago. You know, yeah. you look at Kroll and, and right from the moment he scored on his debut, it, it's, it's just settled in. And it's like, he's been here as long as any of the rest of them. It, it, I don't know how, how you do that, how you sort of encourage or allow or facilitate people settling in so easily into into summer the dressing room must be absolutely on top of its form i i, I think for people to be able to, you know, i know james rose says that he worries about upsetting not upsetting but disrupting the dressing room doesn't he when he talks about why we may not go out and sign players or and stuff like that i mean then he goes and signs them doesn't he but <laughs> but that's <laughs> him um but but the, the, it must be a tremendously happy and effective place to come to work at the moment at football club and that's so good to see well i think some of the melvin minton videos that have uh, ah, been uh, doing have probably shown that there mm. is a, a fair amount of spirit behind that door yeah 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 that really at grimsby i thought after the final whistle when 
the entire squad, half of them are on crutches, it seems, <laughs> or, or hobbling in, in some kind of moon boots, came out. And uh, there was a real togetherness amongst the players, amongst the staff, mm. And then with the fans, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was a throwback, really. Not seen it's, that in years. It's interesting, isn't it, to see the ones that are out injured celebrating the success of the ones who have taken their place. Yeah, you know, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily get that in in many industries, and certainly not in many places in football. Yeah. And and you you bring up Daryl that uh, match at, at Grimsby Town, a phenomenal uh, result. Okay, Grimsby had been in a, a bit of a slippery state for the week or two before that, but nevertheless, it was an intimidating atmosphere. 1,500 all bar, a handful of, of Sparites travelling there. And that that's the sort of day and the sort of result. Away, one nil away wins late goals. They're, they're, they're the top of the tree for, 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 for me. But that, that's the sort of atmosphere that we just want to be playing in. That's been just yeah. absent for, for just about all of the time in the National League. Yeah, there's, there's always an edge, isn't there, with Grimsby and us. It, it's gone on as long as I can remember. Uh, and there was a feeling, despite their their bumpy form, that it that kind of cancelled out by the fact we'd so many people missing. Uh, and I think everybody knew it, it was more than just a three-point that. And as a performance... I think he's had to be pragmatic, and has admitted that. I think to you guys, Paul, and, and Phil, in post-match interviews of late, we're not playing the football he wants to play, or or we can play because he just hasn't got the personnel to do it. But we've got a shape and an organisation and a work ethic uh, and a sheer bloody will to win, really. Mm. Um, and there was nobody less surprised than me that. You know, with whatever it was, five or six minutes to go, that we conjured a winner out of something. I mean, it was a really quality goal when you look back. What a goal, yeah. Yeah, mm. where the free kick was as well, it was straight, which is always a horrible one to try and do anything with. I thought, well, try and get it out wide and get an angle in. But Kellerman, a beautiful clip ball with the inside of his foot, managed to get a bit of turn on it. Curl on the header, but the way Shimanga. He made a run in and then dropped out again into space. And when it fell for him, that that was a peach of a left foot finish. It really was. Yeah, mm. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Phil and I had a poor view though, didn't we, Phil? Yeah. We had a yeah, post going down the middle of the goal. Mm. But the so best perhaps was... even like, didn't give it justice to the oh. the goal that mm. uh, that went in because it was a beautiful finish on the volley. I thought he just mm. side footed it, but he actually know. creamed it right into the top yeah. corner. He did the best view he got was that guy on you on, on YouTube who was in the stand behind it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, and and what a finish! Me, Looking at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm not sure what your. Uh, uh, off-air commentary on BBC Radio Sheffield was like. I know what mine was like on 1866 Sport. <laughs> and I have to say, I think neither of us just went, yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> we didn't. No, that's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> 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 Kellerman drives this ball to, into the area, looking for flick on there. There's Shemanga! Goal, Sparites! With six minutes to go, the free kick from Kellerman flicked on by Kerr. And Kabongo Shemanga taps in to the delight of the Spyrite supporters behind the goal. And Chesterfield have broken the deadlock. It's Grimsby nil, Chesterfield won. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, um, it, it was a, an absolutely terrific uh, result. 
and a terrific performance in the circumstances, as it was a few days earlier at Salford as well, um, yeah. Stuart. That, that was another uh, where where the op- the opposition had a lot of the ball, had yeah. a lot of the uh, possession, but yeah. Scott Loach had nothing to do, or, or hardly anything to do. Well, no, they're, 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 you know, and, and Salford can be a bit of a, a an ugly sort of brutish side, can't they, in the way they play, um, playing fairly uncomplicated stuff sometimes. Um, and we we've stood it, you know. Um, I suppose it could have been a bit of a banana skin for us in terms of the relative sizes of the two clubs, but uh, but no, we went there and we did a professional job, didn't we? Um, and came away with a win, you know. Brilliant, brilliant, and and two two excellent goals again, you know. I mean, yeah, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased Jim Kellerman got his. Really am. Yeah. You know, because yeah. what Paul, Paul nailed it with, it's saying he's such a hard worker and he does all that work, but my goodness, his right foot can, 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 yeah. can, can play a concerto, can't it? You know? And it's another fantastic. one, another one, Daryl, that, that nobody really knew. I know Roe would work with him at a dollar shop, but he's had a year or two years of shocking indus- uh, uh, injury problems down at Kidderminster. Harry is, Clearly had a half decent um, preseason on trial, but was playing right centre back for most of yes. the minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we all assumed it was a right centre back, and of course Rowe sending him out on loan to Tamworth. So when he did come into this team, is 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 ready to go, and he's an mm-hmm. instant pick now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, to me, he's he's been a revelation. I fully accept what um, Paul was saying about Alex Whittle, who's having a terrific season. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Callum is not far behind him. He's, to me, since he broke in the side, he's just got better and better and better. Um, he's running off the ball. He's unselfish running off the ball. His work rate, his, his quality of, of pass and vision. And as Stu said, I was, I was chuffed for him to get that goal. Um, he's no more than he deserves. But wholehearted, I mean, when he played... He played Shemanga, didn't he, and, and two tens in Mandeville and Kellerman at Grimsby. And, and they they just ran them ragged, the two tens. Absolutely yeah. ran them ragged. Their three centre-halves didn't know what the hell they were doing, and they were still panicking about trying to mark Cabby. So, uh, it was, yeah, he's been he's been inspired signing. He really has. And he can play in whatever role, it seems, that Roe needs him to play. Because he's played in a holding role. He's played... In a, in a 10 on his own, he's played in the 10 in the 2, and when we've been under the cosh in, in games, he's even dropped into a fullback role, so he's, he's been fantastic he's been tremendous I'll, I'll just drop in, Daryl um, there was a quote from a, a fellow broadcaster of the opposite view at Grimsby who, prior to Shimanga scoring, had quoted him as £250,000 of rubbish <laughs> oh. well. yeah it yeah. wasn't quite two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. No, <laughs> no, but, and, but that's uh, what the rest rubbish. of the league think. So you know, we're not, we're not mm. going to dispel that, are we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, whatever he costs, he's worth it. Let's, mm. Well, let, let, let's let's talk about Cabby because you know, nineteen goals in it in the turn of the year. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he's not going to have the opportunity to get to twenty before Christmas, which would have been nice. But if he can get to twenty before the turn of the year, that would be Stuart some uh, some heck of a, 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 a an achievement. Scored in seven consecutive points bearing mm. matches, and we were yeah. chatting before we came. Sort of Dave Waller 
and um, Jimmy Cookson back in the 1920s scored in eight consecutive points bearing matches. And there's a there's a guy who scored in was it ten consecutive in the Midland League many mm. years ago, which technically was the level immediately below the uh, the, the the football league. So mm. you know, whilst in the modern day, he could potentially equal the record on on eight. There there is a more historic one going back, isn't there? Yes, there is a, a fellow called Ebenezer Owers who could only have played brilliant in the name. sort of Edwardian era, couldn't he, with a name <laughs> yes, like that? brilliant name. Um, scored, as you say, he he, he got uh, ten games, uh, 13 goals, rather, in 10 consecutive games in the Midland League. Um, a season in which we were unbeaten at home, um, which is, is, I know, is Phil's particular holy grail for a for a Chesterfield team. Mm. Uh, somebody shushing me, telling me not to mention it. <laughs> it's not, um, not me. I, I keep on mentioning it to James Rowe on regular bases. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, yeah. But you can mention these things now because the yeah. chances of them happening are very, very much stronger now than, than, than ever they were, you know. Um, so, yes, there was him. Um, Cookson, when he... Uh, scored all those goals in 26-7 he got 21 goals at this stage of the season um, but after scoring his 22nd he had a six game lean spell um, and ended up with 41 from 40 cabbies lean spell so far has been Bromley and Dover isn't it yeah. <laughs> you know? so uh, so yeah, it, it, yeah. you know what once we get going again after all these COVID lockdowns and shutdowns or whatever we've had then um then uh, you know, I, 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 I think he can he can power on, and I think it, it possibly the the best thing, arguably that might happen this season is the negotiation that has uh, taken place, and this has this is public. I think it's been on the website that um, removed a rather small um, release clause from his his contract. Mm. Um, you know, because if if he had gone for what I understand the release cause to have been, I think there would have been pitchforks and flaming torches up the Sheffield Road. But uh, it's not the club's fault, really. You know, somebody wants it and you want the person, you have to agree to it, don't you? Um, but that has been um, attended to now. And if somebody does come in with money for him before his contract runs out, it will have to be hilariously silly money now, won't it? <laughs> which, which is good. Hope it doesn't happen, and, but it's and, good if it does. And and what's yeah, scoring goals is always a, a a great thing. Don't get me wrong, but Paul, we we we've seen sort of so many different types of goals as well. It's not quite the the Danny Rowe twenty five yard power blaster one, but just about everything else is, yeah. is in there. It is he's got that anticipation in and around the six yard area. He's got that ability to open up a defence from positions where you don't really think he's going to have a an opportunity to uh, to shoot. And then if he does mess it up, a little bit like Jim Kellerman's goal at uh, Salford, he doesn't, in that nanosecond sulk, he looks at, right, what can I do to, to help the team out? So you know, it looks as though he's going to score against Salford, over, hit the ball, then all of a sudden plays a crackerjack of a, a, a layoff to Kellerman, who scores an equally crackerjack goal as well. So yeah. he, can, he can do the lot, Paul. Yeah, he's, he's very uh, dangerous in the six-yard box, isn't he, in particular? You know, the goal against Altrincham where he just literally just swung his leg from a, from a knockdown, you know, and uh, he's there scoring a goal. Um, to the absolute cracker against Boreham Wood, you know, into the same net at the north stand as well, into the, the top corner there. So we've seen uh, 
seen him on those duties. Um, he might be on penalty duties for a while. Um, so, you know, and he's missed one, hasn't he, this season, but scored four, four out of five. So, you know, um, uh, unless Asante has got a, uh, a clause in his contract, which leaps him above uh, Shimanga, you never, you never know, because uh, that's lick your lips time, isn't it, with those two uh, Ooh, uh, possibly uh, coming up in January. So, um, so good to look forward to. But Shimanga's got his all-round game, and it looks like he's he's 24 years old, he's maturing as a player. He's probably not even hit the heights yet of how he could, how good he can be. So he's definitely on um, clubs that can afford him's radar, or he should be. Mm. 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 And that's got to be almost big fallen giant league one type of club, isn't it? Really, that, that yeah, that, that, that's the level that you'd expect to be able to come up with any sort of uh, money to make it worth anybody's while. I, I don't, I don't think you're bog standard league one league two clubs or have the money to do it mm. so it'll, it'll be your, your Sunderland and Portsmouthy type uh, uh, places may, maybe even Wigan or something like that um, but I, as Stuart alluded to I, 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 I'm I not particularly worried that he'll be on his on his way next month I think he'll be no no no, no I, 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 I highly doubt I highly doubt he'll be got he'll, uh, the, the minimum he'll be gone is in next summer the minimum, you know, so um, he's enjoying his football. You can say he's enjoying his football too much, you know. And you so. mentioned about Asante uh, there, Paul. <laughs> Stuart, has this uh, has this break inadvertently done as a, a favour? I know, you know, to replicate the sort of crowd that the Notch County game would have been will, will be difficult on a, on a Tuesday later in the year. But with Asante nearly ready and Jack Clark just about mm. ready... <laughs> And yes, others ready in January. Maybe it, it's not been a bad thing. It's stacking games up for that part of the season where so long as nobody else hurts himself, we're going to have all these injured players back, aren't we? Which is fantastic. Yeah, it um, it can only work in our favour. We'll, like I say, on condition that no one else, you know, walks out in front of a bus or something. It, it, mm-hmm. it We are going to have a powerful squad of of players, quite a large, yep. powerful squad of players, um, all champing at the bit and desperate to get on and do something at the business end of the season when, you know, we might end up playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for a few weeks. And we, we well, talked earlier on about that left centre-back role with Whittle coming in, but who'd have thought that, you know, the, the, the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when Carline got injured, which gave King his opportunity to really establish himself in the time in the team. Then the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when King got injured. We haven't got a right right wing back. Um have we noticed? Have we noticed, Daryl? I, I, I can't remember notice not having a right wing back. No, well whether it be Williams or, or the much maligned Mandeville. Um I mean he was a revelation in uh in the home game. Was it the Altrincham game that we ended up yeah, yeah. running out of steam? Let's be honest. We were running on fumes, weren't we? I think yeah. the, the 11 to 12 players we'd actually had fit for two or three weeks. It, it was just a game too far. Uh, all credit to them. They they played good stuff and kept going, kept going, didn't they? But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mandeville, that, that game was terrific. And, and he's been terrific the last few games. And maybe... I think James Rowe summed him up, didn't he, at the back end of last season. We know he's got something. We've just got to get him to produce it. And at the minute, mm. he is. So he's been terrific. 
Yeah. And again, the gap, Stuart, with Khan and I like it, quality, quality players in, in midfield. But both, again, running on fumes for a lot of this uh, this season. Just give them a little bit of time to uh, to, to, to sharpen up. Khan's not really managed 90 minutes all all season. If he does start, he tends to be substituted. Uh, and Oyelekis had this calf issue. And, of course, James Rowe plays the sort of games that he's definitely out, not travelling, and then he sort of starts as... As captain yeah. corner kicker, yeah. <laughs> goalkeeper, didn't he? You know, yeah. so uh, uh, but Oyelekar and Khan, we've seen the quality that they bring to the squad at eighty percent. So yeah, hopefully they'll be nearer to to one hundred than eighty when we when we play our next game. Hopefully against the Shaman, who I was sort of thinking maybe Ebenezer Good. Uh, uh, they might be thinking <laughs> about you. Yeah. Ebenezer Man, the Shaman, but hey, you know. <laughs> but, but, but if if you don't understand that, don't worry about it. <laughs> But are you and Khan on all cylinders? Mm. That's an, again with with Kellerman, and then you think, well, well yeah, where do you, where do you fit well, Weston in? Because he's brilliant at that oh, covering yeah. role, yeah. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, yeah, the 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 jewels are a plenty in central midfield, a, a place that we've we've only had one central midfielder for the last eighty four years. I know, and it's interesting, isn't it? You have got all these players now, uh, or you will have in a few weeks' time. Um, and whereas Oyelekar and Khan, you would think, yeah. So you're a first choice buff in you go, you know, people like Kellerman have come up and, and, and said, hang on a minute, you know, there's a few more of us. We haven't mentioned Clark in any of that, have oh, we? No. You know, no and way. he's going to be back, you know, with a, with a left foot, every bit as good as Kellerman's right foot. You know, it, it, is there a, a way of pairing those two up in, in a midfield? And if there is, what do you do about Oyelecker and Carl? I'm glad I don't have to pick the team, keep everybody happy. Well, I, 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 I think as we get into the second half of the season and there are more, yeah, I think as we get into the second half of the season, then there are more Saturday, Tuesdays because of the, uh, um, the, the well, it's not a pile up of fixtures yet in, in terms, but there potentially could be. Um, we're going to be in a, a great position, Daryl, on, on on that. You could almost have a Tuesday team and a Saturday team. I was just thinking, could you have a home team and a away team like um, <laughs> John Duncan did in 84-5 yeah. with Phil Walker and Ernie Moss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> No, it's very true. I mean, the um, we've only actually physically was, lost the one game, haven't we, that, that matters. That, all due respect to Geisley at the minute, we've only lost the one game. And that was a rearranged game because we'd had the... We'd been, we missed the original Notts County game for the Cup, didn't we? So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're really technically far behind, but I think the gap... For us, for whatever reason, and we all know it's COVID because I think we have nine plus cases by the sounds of it in, in the. Um, it's it's definitely you know it's it's not one of our ruses just to upset everyone else in the national league. Um, Seem to but, be. <laughs> well, let's just say it is to make them all angry. Yeah, let's. Just, <laughs> well, they all they all do seem to be doing this deliberately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean you you you've got to have medical certificates, haven't you, that you have to show to the National League. So unless you happen to have a corrupt doctor, which is probably the next allegation, yeah. then 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 you can't fiddle it. You know? What well, I mean what the is the irony you, is of course this is the team who apparently stole vaccines that are now getting COVID. So Well I know, I know. <laughs> well yeah and, and the other irony is that, that the better you are at getting your players vaccinated, the worse it works for you, I think. Yeah. If you're if you're a team that's only got three or four players vaccinated, then you can postpone more easily than if you've got ten or eleven vaccinated. Yeah. 
We got berated for and now we're getting berated because we've got so many players. Yeah, yeah, I just think the players players have got their mums just to write their uh, doctor's notes (laughs) for for school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We seem to have set knots above anybody else for some reason. I don't well. Oh, I don't know. They're so bitter, but anyway. I don't know. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I was really looking forward to that game. I was gutted when that was off, you mm. know, a fullish house. I think I think the home yeah, support was going to be mm. 6,000 plus and, and on telly, and they'll have, they'll have mm. been thick end of 2,000 from Notts County. It would have been a proper game, wouldn't it? And another, yeah. another non-league record-breaking crowd as well, of which we seem to have broken that record a, a few times. I would think that. Stewart's had to get his pencil and rubber out on more than one uh, <laughs> occasion to to add that. Well, one we, one player we've not well, whilst we're talking about players, one player we've not talked about is Stephen Payne. Yeah. Discuss Paul. Yes. Um, still with work to do, I think. His one goal has come from the penalty spot late on at uh, Curzon Ashton. In the uh, that many moons ago, when we were qualifying for the first round proper, um, you know he's he's got what, how many bookings? Eight bookings this year, including one in the cup. So there's a bit of a discipline issue there. A couple of times he's been lambasted and not exactly hung out to dry, but you know he's been mentioned not by name, but the, with work to do defensively when he comes on for the last 10 minutes or so he didn't seem to be there or thereabouts mm-hmm. um and when he made his first start against Barnet, i thought it was excellent man of the match performance out there but he seems to have not put in the same sort of performance since um and with as expected recruitment coming in in january um stephen Payne might be in a bit of trouble you know where uh, because he's going to be down the pecking order if he doesn't contribute a bit more. His uh, record from starting, he started eight, um, eight, eight games or nine, nine games. Because he did he start against Curzon Ashton, didn't he? So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. That's not on my uh, the, the thing I'm just looking at the moment. So he started nine games, won six of them, uh, drawn two and lost one. So his record yeah. as a starter is, isn't bad. He might not have scored goals. But he's mm. very much contributed to the victory. He played in that Woking game, but there's 10 other players started yes. in that match that have got an L yeah. next to them as well. So his uh, starting win rate proportion is higher than the team as a whole. Yeah. Um, earlier so in the season, sorry, earlier in the season when he was starting and playing well, it looked like he was a perfect sort of foil for um, Jumanga, didn't it? Um, yeah. In that Payne could get the ball with his back to goal he could hold it up and he could play neat little passes into space for people like Shimanga to run onto you know but then I don't know whether we did anything tactically or not but after about sort of game eight or nine or something that that suddenly changed and he has been less effective since then uh, as, he, as Paul alludes to in, in 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 the question of recruitment in January if we need to make room on the playing staff to bring other people in and we've got a Santi fit again, you know, um, his place is probably one that, that might be, you know, considered for a move. Especially what? if Denton's not far behind on the, uh, return yeah. because of yeah. course yeah. He, he's somebody who you can, you, you can really see being a potential difference off the bench as well. Uh, yeah. You know, the well, I was going to talk about his bench performances as well, because 
given the recent injury issues and going to two attacking midfielders rather than two strikers, it's pain that's been left on the bench. So there must be a mm-hmm. reason for it um, because he's been fit throughout the time. Yeah. Um, well, so his performance is... Yeah. Well, exactly. He's not up to the level of Schmanger, is he? So he's bound no. to be the one. Yeah. So I, I get the stat that he's, he's been on the field when we've won, um, but he's not in the team on a regular basis since that time, since he's made his last start. Mm. Um, and we've still been winning. So yeah. it's it kind of muddies the water a little bit because I don't think his performances have been up to scratch. Bearing in mind how many midfielders we had out, in oh, oh, well, in and out, you know, yeah. the Eckies and the Carnes and the Westons and the etc. Um, he, it, it might have been an excuse for Rowe to go to up top because Payne was always fit. Yeah, but he didn't. Mm. He still, he still tweaked the side. And left pain out, didn't he? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in, 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 I know you can read so many different things and in, into stats, but in the seven national league games he started, he's been subbed on five occasions. If you look mm. at Shimanga, he's played, started all 18 and only been subbed twice. And both of those are in one games, one rubbers uh, um, mm. during the injury crisis to make yeah. sure that they didn't, he, he, he didn't yeah. go off. He, he was the last outfield player to have played every minute. Um, by a considerable uh, margin, no, no, no question about that. And uh, you know, he, he, he's one that if he does start, he will be subbed. And if uh, he's been an unused sub, let me have a quick look. Non-playing sub, um, only a couple of occasions in the in the national league. So you know, he generally does come on when he's when he's on the bench, but it might only be for a few minutes. I thought it was interesting that um, Roe brought him on for the last couple of minutes at Grimsby, just so he yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they were booing him, weren't they, in the stand? Yeah, film. yeah they were that, 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 that was a good move by the yeah. manager, no question. <laughs> and another player that we've not mentioned, uh, who, who certainly shouldn't be under the radar, especially in the last few matches, is Jamie Grimes. What on earth is he doing, Daryl? Yeah, the guy's playing yeah. out of his skin. How on earth? Uh, with all due respect to Hereford, was he a Hereford? Mm. I mean, he's a man mounting, totally committed. Um, he gives me a headache just thinking about the number of balls he heads away in any one game. I mean, those, those two games at, at Salford where, I have to say, if I was the owner in the class of 92, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch that rubbish every week. Um, <laughs> he headed everything, got a block on stuff. He was just a man mounting, and then a week later went and did exactly the same at Blundell Park. I mean, he just mm. tremendous. And bearing in mind how many different partners he's had at the back mm. as well, uh, mm. whether, whether he's played in the centre or whether he's played on the left of the three, uh, I can count on, on one hand the number of what you would think of real errors he's made. He's been mm. revelation, revelation. And He's come to the fore in that central role, Stuart, since Gunning's been injured. Yes, yes. We uh, we wouldn't quite have anybody with a personality to replace Gavin Gunning, but but the drive to win um, that Gavin Gunning has, we haven't missed at all with having James uh, with, with having Jamie Grimes there. It's um, why was he at Hereford? Um, probably because 
everybody else looked at him and thought, well, he's 29 years old. He's at Hereford, you know. But perhaps it was only James Rowe actually went to watch him. Who mm. knows? It, uh, his distribution yeah. as well with his left peg is as good mm. as things, I would argue. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, been, he's been tremendous and uh, he's clearly popular amongst the team, isn't he? You know, they're, yeah. Yeah, and he's, part and he's, of, another, he's yeah. another one of these guys who had at the age of 29 when he joined us has been given a chance that he probably never thought he would get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so the only, by the golly, only bad he's going to make the most it. of it. Sorry, the only bad game he's had was when he played on the right hand side of a three older shot the opening yeah. day. Yeah, because that's not his position. No, um, no. you know we were missing Fraser Kerr for that game, and he played the right hand side, Gunning in the middle, yeah. and Maguire on the other side, and. Um, occasionally shanked the ball into into touch and whatnot, and was caught a little bit. But uh, that's mm. that's the only then that's completely playing out of his natural position. Other than that, mm. I think he's been uh, he's been really he's been excellent. Uh, and I know we have said before he's uh, he is the man that Nathan Tyson gave the run around to in that four nil victory. He is, yeah. Fleet as well, wasn't he? So he, he has got a rick in his game if he's uh, uh, every now and again. But James Rowe and, and and has as has every player in the National League. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing in the National League. Absolutely, but yeah. James Rowe just seems to play people in the right roles, right sorts of combinations that people watch each other's back mm. and get each other out of of trouble. And yeah, we've made plenty of mistakes this year but because of the confidence running through the team they've not generally been quite as fatal as they've been for the last four or five years mm. and uh, um, the, the, the fact of the matter is when when the team's attacking as much as it does and has as much of the ball that it does there's less chance for the opposition to really get at you and and you know Scott Loach we've, we've talked about before has, 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 has got you know faults that he can he, he can improve on as, as every player has but when you're not having to save the ball or catch the ball or go into a crowd together the ball, it doesn't matter how good a goalkeeper you are because yeah. that unit at the back with Curtis Weston just in front of him means that Scott Loach has a relatively easy uh, game every now and again. Mm. Yeah, 11 clean sheets I think he's got this year. Yeah, so, fantastic. Well, how, how many, for all their huffing and puffing, Grimsby, and, and indeed, to a slightly lesser degree, Salford, um, what's he made? Half, half a dozen saves in two games? Yeah, top side. Uh, top side tops. Yeah. yeah. But you were saying about those uh, 11, 11 clean sheets this season, Paul. The uh, the, go- the Chesterfield goalkeeper in all time, who's played at least 20 games, I, they've, had a, they've had a bit of a run, not just one game on, on loan or anything. Uh, Andy Beasley is the guy with the highest clean sheet percentage, and he's only on 48%. So it just shows you that just at this moment, another couple mm. of league games will put Scott Loach into that um, 20 plus games and he'll be the number one. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, for, he's got what, 11 clean sheets this season. He's got 42 in his entire National League career of 179 games, Scott right. Loach. So okay. that shows you, you know, how, how an, what, a, what a defence he's playing behind this season. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've talked about attack, we've talked about defence, we'll come back shortly and we'll probably, probably mention London, that London, South West Six.
Daryl, I understand that you might have been doing a bit of voluntary work down at the club in the last day or two. Why on earth have you been doing that and what have you been doing? Well, I foolishly offered John, uh, John Crew a few weeks ago, saying, if you need a hand with anything, give us a shout. And of course, I think the day after we got drawn against Chelsea. So, um, uh, we're obviously, we haven't, we're not carrying the manpower behind the scenes that we may have done a few years ago. And John said, yeah, we'll take you up on that. So I've been going in and doing a few hours, three days a week in, in the lead up to uh, the last couple of days. And uh, I've been in the last two of the last three days. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's gone really well. I mean, everyone, the trust guys have come around and got involved and vo- all the volunteers and stuff and, uh, and the staff that are there, they've all mucked in from whatever department. Um, and hopefully, you know, most fans think what we've tried to do in terms of getting the tickets out. Everyone, you know, there'll always be some moaning that I've been to the last five million games, but I don't have a season ticket, and why? Why am I having to wait and all that? Yeah, yeah, and go and pick up at the West End. Oh, where's that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, generally speaking, um, I think the club have done a, a great job. Uh, a lot of fans have bought online. I'm pleased to say, uh, and that's obviously helped enormously because then you're only coming to collect tickets rather than having to queue outside. I mean, this morning was pretty horrible. People queuing up in the rain um, and there was maybe 100, 150 at most um, and all the queues had gone by 12 o'clock so you know the the team as a whole have done a really fantastic job I think So you've got to have a a physical paper ticket for this uh, then Darrell? You do, you do a a proper old fashioned ticket yes, yes Uh, so what people were doing were from whatever it was a minute past midnight on Wednesday if you were a season ticket holder you could buy online and then come and collect from uh, yesterday afternoon and people have obviously been coming down and picking up and so and I think off the top of my head maybe eight eight hundred a thousand people did that online and then uh, other season ticket holders could turn up in person and buy today so there were uh, the three ticket windows were open there were um, uh, three, three of the ladies in the in the shop doing a sterling job selling tickets, um, and Pete and one or two other volunteers uh, under the West Stand handing out tickets for people that have bought them online. So, um, with with nobodies like me trying to answer the phone and help people that way when they got locked out of their that, that's why they've not been there. Uh, that's why they've not been on. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I, have to, I have to say a word for you know the likes of Karen Wood and uh, and Steve Cowu, you know, been above and beyond really. Uh, Angie who works in the in the commercial team who's, who've all been booking in, uh, Alison and all those. So yeah, everyone's done a great job, I think. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed when he couldn't buy a busload before everybody before they went on the general. So I'm used to that for big matches. Yeah, <laughs> going back and of course. Paul, the the anticipation of this match, it's it's captured the 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 local support unlike no match probably since the semi final in in ninety mm-hmm. seven, and uh, I suppose probably the JPT finals of twelve and fourteen may, may be up there, but everybody knew they were going to get a ticket for those. There was never going to be an issue yeah. with that. But but in, in terms of 
you're looking back to, to 97 and the furore that was there. Of course, this is the cup final that never was. And so that yeah. adds to it, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, yeah, I'm not sure Chelsea look at it that way. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> um, but, we, but we certainly do. Um, yeah, it is. It brings back a, a lot a lot of memories um, as well. Just queuing uh, around the, the around the grounds and and what. Unfortunately, I didn't bother with that. I had sent my brother, so he, he managed to do it for me. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, not, none of that nonsense. I'm not. <laughs> but he was there, sort of like midnight, and uh, you know, waiting to when Norton Lee opens the door at, uh, at eight o'clock in the morning. First thing he does yeah. is offer him a cup of tea, and that you know, there's a nice little mm. touch from that. He didn't charge him for it either, so the bill will be on its way somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but I think I think I think if you were customer number five and six, they got charged. You see, so yeah. first four is 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 FOC, um, but it's just it is. Um, it's good, isn't it? It's good to see. Uh, it's good to see that we're we're sort of back getting big games and whatnot. You know, uh, you think back to the Derby fixture. You know, mm-hmm. we, when we took five thousand down to Derby, I know it's only twenty miles down the road, and we expect to to take that amount. But um, it's sort of that was FA Cup round four, wasn't it? You know, and this, this is just um, memories of that really. And and you know, it's good. It's exciting. You know, people are talking about Chesterfield. You know, being top of the table. Playing away at Chelsea, it's it's good, you know. It's we haven't played Chelsea in seventy years, have we? So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, and and uh, uh, of course, it's the run is exactly the same as at Derby because we start one round earlier this time. Yeah, of course, in the uh, fourth fourth round. But 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 Stuart, you know, the playing the European champions that's the first for the club. I I just did check. I didn't think. Liverpool were lower European champions when we played there and, and they weren't. They won the European Cup one of the seasons that we played them, but mm. they weren't the reigning European champions. And of course, Chesterfield, as, as you and I have been uh, preaching for many years, but nobody listened until now, far rights were the first away team ever to win at Stamford, Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, when uh, good old Bill Fatty Fauk was in goal for the, uh, the pensioners <laughs> back in the day. Mm. And uh, you know it, it is a big, big match, compare, comparable to just about any big, big match in the the club's history, barring the semi-finals and, and and things along those lines, isn't it? There's there's very little to compare. Well, there is. I mean, you know, there, there are two other games in the club's history that you can compare it to, among a few others. Obviously, one of those uh, was against Chelsea in 1949-50, where we drew the first match up up here and lost 3-0 down there in the replay in front of very nearly 60,000 um, supporters. Hopefully there'll be something approaching that, as many as we can, when we go down there in January. Um, and there was a big game some years earlier in 1910-11, uh, when we uh, we were drawn to play Chelsea at Saltergate. But Chelsea made us a cash offer, and we uh, switched the venue around and went to Stamford Bridge. And to do that, they paid <laughs> us the sum of £700. Oh, cool. take, yeah, I expect we'll make a bit more than that from the game um, <laughs> in January. Yeah. But we went down there. We took the lead. Teddy Revel scored a goal in, in the first five minutes or so. And we were 1-0 up at half time, but, uh, but were tired out by the end of the game and, and kind of run ragged and lost 4-1. But... Um, Certainly, we, 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 we stamped ourselves on the national football psyche, if you like, in that season, in, in, in a manner that we probably didn't do again until the semi-final, yeah. 
Mm. And talking, Daryl, of stamping your feet, uh, I'm sure most people realise, but there might be people out there in podcast land that, that don't. Uh, of course, the shed end, you know, the, the, God. Ho- the home of uh, Chelsea home fans for most of the existence of Stamford Bridge has mm. now got safe standing on it. So people will be stamping up and down on the ground because they can legally stand up. Well, they can, yeah. the shed end, though, the shed end, unnatural. Unnatural for anybody who grew up in the 70s. The idea that as an opposing supporter, you would go and stand on the shed end. Yes, if you wanted a quick visit to Brompton Hospital. (laughs) You you must have loved somebody that to get there. Yeah, that was always their end. God, no. (laughs) Sorry, Darren. It is in itself causing some issues, Phil, oddly enough, because, of course, um, Many of our supporters, sadly, will, will, will be old, older than you and me uh, and and will have bought a seat to sit down. And if they've got some yeah. person in front who decides they want to stand up because you'll be able to do both, then I, I suspect there might be a bit of friction. So I'm sure the club will call on the supporters ahead of the game to have a little bit of consideration for whoever you sat or stood around and you know sit down if you can to at least give those people a chance to see the game because some people quite simply can't stand for an entire game yeah can can, uh, can people select where their seat is when they're when they're buying can you get the front row so you know there'll be nobody standing up in front of you no the the, the difficulty with that is you know we, we we've tried to keep some back for the front row in the upper and the lower section for specific request but it's a very limited number as you'll appreciate uh even being given the the entire end it, it doesn't equate to that many tickets so i do hope and i'm sure they will the club will put out an appeal to supporters that if you if you can you know just be considerate of those around you and, and don't you, you can consider the person behind you but if the person three rows in front of you has stood up then the bloke behind him has to stand up and the bloke behind him has to stand right. up and you have to stand up don't yeah. you safe standing is is great but but it's standing yes it, it, it's yeah. not yes. you know a choice actually, you have no choice you have to i'm stand. actually it's funny that they've done the entire stand as a safe standing and surely you should have a choice everything because this is still under trial isn't it from from chelsea's yeah. point of view so yeah. I'm surprised they've done both, like upper and lower. You know, rather, you know, you should have just had lower yeah. to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's part of the the overall plan for Chelsea in any event if it gets approved, which I'm sure it will, because when they play in Europe, it has to be seats, and and what they do is lock the seats down so people yeah. have to sit on with this with this mechanism. And I'm not sure how it works, but um, whereas. For any other game, you know, people can choose to stand or sit. But as I say, I'm sure it will cause a bit of friction. And one or two concerns I've fielded calls today from people who said, you know, is there anything I can do? And as I say, well, we have got a limited number of front rows, both upper and lower. That's the only way round it, really, if you manage to land on one of those seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great occasion. And you just hope that everybody who wants to be able to well everybody who who uh, wants to go that that's entitled to go if you know what i mean can can go and, en- and enjoy it because people stand up in seated areas anyway don't they but mm. uh, yeah uh, um you know wh- wh- when when you've got a specific seat and the stewards want you to sit in that specific seat or stand in that specific standing area uh, and you're not able to do that it's difficult and of course with with sylvia my wife 
having a wheelchair, very often they're plonked in areas where people are walking in front of it or standing yeah. up row in front. And so I know the, the, the distress that it can cause um, to, to people who aren't able or don't want to stand no. up. Well, I was, I was in that situation, Philip Grimsby, along with quite a few older supporters that we bought a seat and wanted to sit. But when you got in the ground, the stewards were basically ignore the seat and sit wherever you like, which is always a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, and it was quite clear 10 minutes before kickoff, we were going to have to stand. If we wanted to see the match, we were going to have to stand and, and we had to stand the entire game despite having bought a seat. But, you know, it, it's a crazy world, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So very much so. But, well, you know, I, I know people are sort of speculating on what money it'll make the club. Well, the fact of the matter, it's got to get played first, doesn't it, with people uh, people in there. But it's, mm. it's not going to be far off capacity, 40,000 capacity or whatever, I don't think. And. Of course, people multiply forty thousand by thirty pounds. Well, it doesn't work that way because there's some fifteen pound concession tickets, and both of those prices include VAT. So you've got to yeah. take those out. But, but assuming the match is going to be playing, it, it, it it's going to be nearer near half a million pounds than zero. The amount that Chesterfield will, will, will get, that's for sure. And uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm sure the club will remind um, the powers that be at Chelsea that. That when Chelsea played Bradford City in the FA Cup, Mr. Bramovich donated a great chunk of what would have been Chelsea's cut to Bradford City. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that opportunity, uh, that conversation, will, will happen at some some stage. Yeah, you might. They, as would, well. they would have remembered Phil, surely. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they would. Well, they did lose to Bradford City, didn't they? So yeah, they, they, they might say we're not going to give anybody any money ever again. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. Let you know after the game. Yeah. Anything in advance of seven hundred pounds, we've done better than we did in yeah. 1911. So. Yeah. so, what, Stuart? What would you rather happen? Would you rather Chelsea played, maybe you know, eleven changes and play still a very, 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 very strong side, full of packed full of internationals, uh, with with their first eleven on the bench, or as has been alluded to by uh, the manager Tuchel, he might bring in some of the under 23s and younger players to help them out over this period. Would you rather? Go there with a. I know there's a chance of w- winning any head-to-head match, mm. but would you, would you would you rather go there and play a Chelsea team full of people who we don't really know and have a serious chance at winning? Look, to be perfectly fair, Phil, I don't watch Premiership football very often. Premier League no, football, which shows that we called it Premiership, which shows how long ago I watched it. <laughs> um, so all these famous people, all the internationals, and that they're going to leave out. I don't know who they are anyway. <laughs> so you could have anybody in the side. And he'd sound, you know, as long as he's got a foreign sounding name, he'll sound like a Chelsea yeah. player. Yeah, the, the giveaway will be yes. no, he'll be number 67. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I, I suppose, you know, there's a slight kind of statistical curiosity from playing against a team that adds up to more than 450 or something, isn't there? But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, no, there's no, I, yeah, there's no yeah, replays. Obviously. So, you know, yeah. so it's all going to be settled on the day, um, which... Uh, increases our terribly, terribly slim chance to something not quite so terribly slim. Um, let them put the, the the youth team out, and we'll keep them at bay for 120 minutes and do them on penalties. You know, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the first time, unfortunately, that a non-league side has beaten a first division side. No, no, whether, whether we whether we, we yeah, I think, yeah. those, but. 
but uh, yeah. yeah like, like you were saying uh, like you were saying Stuart you know uh, uh, if if we're given permission to do a commentary on 1866 sport which we don't have to be given permission uh, uh, I, I, even the even the players that play in the first 11 I struggle uh, with, mm. with most of those because I don't watch I don't watch I suppose the question is I might recognise Gianluca Viali or, or well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I suppose the question is, do you want to get done he's, he's not there. eight nil by all their famous players, or do you want to get done two or three nil by the under twenty ones? You know, I, I, well, I, I want, let's I have the under twenty ones because I don't think it would be that easy for him. I want Dave Lancaster to post on his Facebook page. I thought there might have been eight goals, but I didn't expect Chesterfield to get four of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a great event. It's a great money spinner, uh, and you know, it's got people talking about Chesterfield across the town who who wouldn't necessarily be talking about Chesterfield. So that has got to be absolutely good. It can't be anything other than. Uh, other than bad, and I'm I'm sure James Rowe and Co are absolutely uh, looking forward to pitting their wits against that badge because you play for the badge, and it's mm. going to be the badge of Chelsea. And even if it is the under 18s, under 23s, there'll be people who'll who, who'll be making more money out of football than most of the mm. Chesterfield squad will make in a lifetime. Yeah, you know? and and most of their under 18s, under 21s would be playing in the Championship or something if they weren't playing for Chelsea, wouldn't they? Yeah, because well, they, 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 they just go and farm all the best players, don't they, and bang them in their reserve teams, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one, you know, the, the lad who, who played for England recently, he's he's on loan out from Chelsea, isn't he? I can't remember his mm. name. That just shows the... the, the, the yeah. The, yeah, there's a Crystal Palace yeah. Gallagher at Crystal Palace. So. Mm. Yeah, but so, no, put, uh, put, the, put the kids in, you know, anything that gives us anything that gives us the opportunity to go down there believing that something is possible. You know, let's, uh, let's have the best possible opportunity to do that. I think they're. So uh, Halifax, yeah, go on, Paul. Just their uh, under 21s have qualified for the southern section of the round three of the Johnson's Paint Trophy or the <laughs> well, Papa John's Trophy. That. We yeah. won that, mate. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Chelsea's so, um, And they've no, got Arsenal. Do you know, it, no. <laughs> best charity vars? I don't think so. No, no, it is no. quite amusing that it's quite amusing that both sets of uh, supporters will never have heard of either of sets of uh, players. Like, so when they uh, turn <laughs> up on the day, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 it's uh, uh, yeah. Well, the, uh, the Chelsea fans will be sorry. I don't recognise any any of our players, but actually, Mangal, I don't know him. Yeah, well, I know him by the end of the game, Phil. Let's hope so. And uh, I love some of the little gifts that have been going around on the Forrest Gump sort of thing with regard to the injured players. Anyway, let's let's talk Halifax there at this moment in time, the second best uh, team in the in the division, having leapfrog Bournemouth. Uh, of late big match atmosphere what a great job Pete Wiles doing at, at Halifax Paul you know they're, they're a serious contender aren't they oh yes most definitely uh, uh, I know that uh, uh, Liam Norcliffe and Bron Jen- Jenkinson are big fans of Pete Wiles they were uh, touting him as the possible next Chesterfield boss if James Rowe moves on and and whatnot you know so um they're big fans of, of Pete Wilde. And yeah, he's got a, a squad which nearly made the playoffs last year, just fell away towards the uh, the end. And they've carried on their sort of consistency along with uh, with Chesterfield as well. And they've got um, 
some good players. They picked up a lad from Torquay, didn't they, at the back end of uh, last season, I think. Uh, I can't remember his name. just escapes me right now. Yeah, but, yeah, um, but they've lost Jeff King and, and Young Earring, haven't they? Their best two players of last season. Their player yeah. of the year and the guy who I thought was their, their playmaker. And they keep coming. And they've, they've lost their best players the last two or three years and keep coming. Yeah, no, terrific run they're on as well. You know, having lost to Wrexham uh, the last time they lost in the National League, which is the first time since uh, October. So, um, yeah, they're playing particularly well, aren't they? And um, a real threat. And they've you know, moved up into the table. You know, not many teams were tipping Halifax, were they? It was all Wrexham, Stockports, Notts Counties and Chesterfields as well. So, you know, the Halifax and your Bromleys as well and Boreham Woods are certainly flying flag for the, the sides with less money than, uh, than the other sides I've previously mentioned. Uh, and, and Halifax, through through the manager, uh, have managed to get Jordan Slew on the uh, on the score sheet on a regular basis. As I spell it, at Chesterfield Billy Waters as well, having a real uh, real good That's him, run in front, Billy Waters. Uh, in front of goal. Uh, but you know Jordan Slew, most people are sorry. I know I know the Spartans were a, a division or two higher at that that time. But you know he he, he scores seven or eight goals this season for them, and and you know he, he's he's not been going anywhere for a while. No, so, <laughs> I was distracted by Waters when you mentioned that. So his nickname's got to be Muddy, hasn't it? Oh. So. Yeah, well, yeah. It would it would have been <laughs> if it had been playing at the baseball ground. Yeah, he's just he's got, on, like you said, he, he's a player that's got slew scoring goals, hasn't he? Which is which has been a rare event, hasn't it, for for a while now for any any particular manager and, and whatnot. So that's uh, that's good from their particular point of view, and they'll certainly need his goals going forward. Stuart, yeah, of of the other teams, we've, we've not obviously not played everybody yet. We've only played eighteen games, so there's still teams to play. Uh, who, who's been in the teams that you think are going to be the serious threats now we've had the opportunity to see see most because you still got to think that Stockport despite being on a, a, a disappointing run Wrexham Notts County are going to be there but are, are there any of the Halifax and Boreham Woods that, that you, you, you've been impressed with? I think Boreham Wood are definitely a, a very dark horse you know I, yeah. I think they could be there or thereabouts certainly at the end of the season Halifax uh, often start very well but kind of run out of steam a bit sometimes. Um, Wrexham just seem to be beating themselves every week, don't they? With you know, with one thing and another. I think the weight of expectation is is not good for them. Um, Grimsby were were were, were in, ahead of us when we lost at Woking, and everyone was saying, "Well, that's the championship tied up. We're after playoff places now." You know, um, I reckon you could end up with six or seven teams who are all within three points of the top going into the last couple of games of the season this year. I think it's going to be a, an absolutely bonkers end to the season in this division. And, and does Yeovil are flying at the moment as well after a really poor start. They were yeah. they were down in the depths of Dover, weren't they, uh, earlier on the season? But they're, they're absolutely flying at the moment, Yeovil. Yeah, and they're, and they're on a decent cup run as well, aren't they? Um, yes. For me, it, it, it will still come down to us not Stockport, Wrexham, I think. Uh, I, I tend to agree with Stu. Bromley don't lose many. Mm. They've obviously got a model that works year after year after year. Um, 
boring wood, God, God forbid, um, they uh, they keep going. But history tells you they will. So for me, it'll be a mix of what you think are clubs trying to get back to where they, they think they belong and, and two that are aspiring to do it probably for the first time. Um, it, it's interesting, isn't it? We've lost one game and we're not even clear on points at the top of the yeah. table. I know we've yeah. Hand, yeah. It's, it's really quite remarkable. What more could we have done? Yeah, we've thrown a few odd points away, the Torquay, uh, oh. draw at home, the Bromley, the Altrincham, but really, have we done much wrong? Not a lot. Mm. So, it's as hard as we all thought it was going to be. We just have to keep going. And I think the thing you said a few minutes ago, Phil, that we could well end up when we go down to Chelsea with the strongest squad we've had since August. If yeah. everyone that's supposed to be coming back to fitness comes back. And we'll be able to dream about eight subs, you never know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Asante being on the bench at Grimsby, if he comes back and we can get him fit and firing him and Cabby together, as Stewart said, he's an exciting prospect. Uh, but to have Mad Gab back and Maguire and etc. and you, to be able to start to rotate the squad will yeah. make a huge difference to us, massive difference. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no question about it. I think it's that that depth, hopefully. Or start to, uh, to 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 play a part. Just going back to John Slew, uh, Paul. I've just looked at his record. He's, he's been a professional footballer for eleven years, and yeah. a third a third of his uh, uh, league goals in that time, or points bearing goals in that time, have been scored this season for Halifax. He's <laughs> seven in the National League this season. He's only scored twenty one league goals in his career. So uh, bound to score Tuesday. <laughs> bound to score Tuesday. <laughs> OG, OG, but yeah. but yeah, that 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 strength in depth, I think, for for going forward, assuming those injuries do clear up and we don't mm. we don't get them replicated, I, I think uh, that'll work in our favour. It was interesting. I, I, I think it was Kieran Maguire, but it might not have been. Just put a podcast out about the top paid players in the uh, in the national league, didn't he, a week or two uh, uh, ago, and it was pretty up to date. And it was the top seven, and uh, interestingly. Kibongo Shimanga wasn't in there, although Danny Rowe was in there at seventh place. Uh, uh, and Wrexham, I think, had got four out of the top, top seven in there with Paul Mullin at the top of the uh, at the top of the tree. So um, you know, and the Stockport had got a couple in there too as well. So you know, all the money that's been thrown around, well, according to the the most reliable source that there is outside the National League itself, uh, none of the top seven players. Were Kabongo Shimanga. So, uh, but that's, so that's not go. what Twitter says, Phil. No, oh, is that all right? Twitter says he's Karen, on a million yeah. pound a day. Karen uh, knows best, does she? In the uh, the yeah. Twitter the Twitter world. But about uh, four grand a week, it was saying that Paul Mullins on, and uh, wow, yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's a lot of money in in anybody's pocket in any yes. walk of life, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, no, no question about uh, uh, about that. So, okay. Let's let's start thinking about um, the latter stages and see if we can avoid the nervous nineties uh, of the of, of the podcast. Will Chesterfield have the uh, the steam, the wherewithal, the manager, the leading scorer, the nous to stay where they are, Stuart? I yeah yeah I think we'll go into the last game of the season being 
you know, one of the teams who can win that game and get promoted. Certainly. I, I think it's going to be really, really close. And I don't think that's going to be any failing on our part that causes it. You know, as, as, as Paul was saying, we've lost one game. What more can you do? You know, well, obviously you lose nil, but no team ever does that. Um, yeah, yeah, we can do it. I, I think having those players coming back, if we can have a squad of 20 players who could all walk into the first team of almost any other team in the division, you know, and and we can rotate them and keep them happy. Um, slightly worried about what might happen to the people at Chelsea who don't get on the on the bench or on the pitch, you know. But the dressing room seems solid, doesn't it? You know, and as long as it can stay like that, I I would back us to go up certainly. Yeah. Well, of course, you can have nine. You can have nine on the bench in the FA Cup. So if we've got twenty fit players on the eighth of January, <laughs> I'll be delighted. Yeah, I'll be absolutely yeah. delighted. <laughs> That's and, very uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so that's uh, that that's as much. Paul, do you think the uh, that James Rowe can maintain it all and the players? Yeah, I think um, we've got a good thing going. I mean, even though we talk about that Woking game as well as a sort of blot on the landscape, we even took the lead in that game. You know, so you know that Sadu can't <laughs> win the goal of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it it shows things are going Chesterfield's way. Not in terms of injuries. I mean, that's been a real sort of hammer blow, hasn't it? I mean, but to still be top with 12 consistent injuries as well and, you know, half of them long term has been a real feather in the cap. And that can only improve with players coming back. And they're all at this moment in time, uh, you know, outside of it. Some of them with the long term are set to come back this season, whether they will do or not is is up for debate, isn't it? With, uh, with a few of them only having a couple of months left of the season, perhaps, to... Mm push their name forward so they're likely to be on the sort of outside but the squad depth going forward looks looks pretty good and financially the Chelsea game will help bolster the squad um you would imagine in January with a look to going forward for those that haven't quite hit the mark at the start of the season then you know there may be a loan out for them or, or moved on to pastures new but that will bolster the squad, you would imagine, and get them more focused going forward. I think it's a good thing. Whether we can remain top or not, again, is, is up for debate because, like I said, we've been playing so well, plenty of wins, and we're only one point, I think, uh, ahead at this moment yeah. in time. And chances um, are we won't yeah. be top all the time, but we'll be there at the end. No. But hopefully, well, you, you, yeah. Mentioned that, yeah, you mentioned that Woking uh, uh, game, Paul, and, of course, Salvan Campbell, who nobody had heard of on the... Uh, on the night scored two goals in that he's second top scorer in the division so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they've got a they've got a player who knows where the back of the net is he's level second with michael cheek uh, yeah. behind the Ch- chimanga and woking have got this ridiculous record of of, of playing uh, 18 19 games in the the league so far and they haven't drawn yet they've either won or lost in uh-huh. the match so uh, you know they they're either on it or not quite yeah, so we, we owe them one anyway, so, you know. Yeah, we do, we do owe them one, and, and, uh, and to be honest, that the game that we won at home, was it last season, where, uh, or the season before, I think, when we were the second best team but got three in the last ten minutes or something, that was yeah, uh, ridiculous. We were being absolutely yeah. pummeled, yeah. wasn't it, for eight, eight, 80 minutes, and then they, uh, they we scored three right at the, at the end. Do you think we can hold on then, Daz? I don't see it as holding on. I think we've got to push on. Um as we get stronger, as we get players back, it's we've got to be relentless because this league, t- 
teams will hunt you down if you have the merest flipping blip. Uh, if you look back to a few years ago when Macclesfield were completely unfancied and ended up going up reasonably comfortably in the end, they just kept winning games. By hell or high water, they just kept winning and that's what we've got to do. However, like we've done in the last month, you know, digging out re- horrible places to go like Solihull and Grimsby and, and carrying all the injuries you have and stuff. Even picking up a point, you know, at the likes of uh, the, the home game with Altrincham. I know we all came away disappointed, but you you look back on that draw in a few months' time and think, well, under the circumstances, that's a hell of a And yeah. you can stay unbeaten and win the majority of them. You just keep this relentless pressure on everyone else. Wrexham are feeling it because every time they slip up, we've won again. Mm. I mean, the pressure on Parkinson and, and, and the money men down there must be colossal. Mm. I wouldn't fancy it. No. And, and of course, I, yeah, I know we've got to play all of those teams yeah. that you mentioned, but they've got to play each other lots of times. You know? Yeah. So, Notts County have got yeah. to play all of the teams. Yeah. Wrexham have got to play yeah. all of the teams. So, there's got to they've be got lots to play of drops anyway uh, exactly uh, along right. the way. So, yeah. so if, if 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 against all your if your candidate teams, your, your your rivals, if you pick up a point in every game, they're not making any headway. On. No. They'll be mm-hmm. losing points in some of the other games. Well, I'm just looking at yeah. you. They've won six and drawn two of the last eight in the national league. They've uh, they've certainly uh, turned things around after having a long uh, because you know, they they'd won three on the bounce when they played us when we won there, and then they went on a a, a poor run. But all of a sudden they've they turn it round. Uh, started off ironically beating Woking, and then they've had a terrific run since since then. Not lost at all since 20, 23rd of October. Not lost. So that's some some going for for for, for the Oval. So yeah, we all, and I I think we can. Uh, yeah, we we've got a terrific chance. Uh, the finances are, are are going to be better than most teams in our uh, uh, in our league. And whilst I know the board will not just willy-nilly give James Rowe more money to, to to throw at it, but he doesn't need it if those um, injured players come come back. So, yeah, it, it's a great opportunity, isn't it, to get back into the uh, football league. Just just to finish off with, looking because we've talked about the club, or mentioned the club, but we've not talked about the club. It's been terrific again with the Chester's toy appeal for, for Christmas, the charity that James Rowe's involved with for the homeless got loads and loads of donations <laughs> the, the frost covers i think in excess of eleven thousand pounds raised on that and they're physically there now uh, I, I, I do believe at the uh, at the club the volunteers who keep the the ground tidy uh daryl keep on going and it's looking spick and span there's maintenance going on at the ground for the first time a lot of it done by done by the said volunteers as well and it, 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 it's a great place to be at the moment, whether it's in Chester's Den or sitting in the West Stand when we're playing Halifax ne- ne- next week. And, uh, um, you know, mo- most things, Stuart, are pointing in the right direction. They all are, aren't they? And, and you know, every little kind of brick in that bridge between the National League and the Football League is 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 in place and it's solid, you know? Um, and it, and it is like a, a a brick structure. You do need everything in the right place. You can't do it really without any one of the things that you've just run through. You know, if you haven't got the support structure for the team, 
you know um and if the team isn't playing well and encouraging people to think i'll go along and volunteer my services and doing all that you know it, it one feeds the other and i think that's that's the thing that both the club and the playing side of the club have got absolutely right this season hmm. and paul we're more than a year on gone all right since they see where they are in a year coming Yes, it's uh, we move on. Well, if it wasn't for the furloughing or the vaccine stealing, like so, I don't think we'd be top, like you know. So, um, you know, it's, it's all it's all intermingled, isn't it? If we weren't paying our players, like I say, a million pound a minute, um, it's it's um, it's what it is. I mean, yeah, everything's pointing in the right direction. It seems to have bothered a lot of people that Chesterfield fans for the Chesterfield board has asked Chesterfield fans only to contribute towards the frost covers, but it's upset everybody else when it's yeah. not even their money. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the Chesterfield fans. Are they concerned about Chesterfield fans spending money or something? What What yeah, is yeah. that? What, what's that about? It's a weird obsession. It's with, amazing, isn't it? And, I, you know, with, I mean, it's not so things that don't they could matter the to them, Stu. Yeah, you it know. doesn't matter to them, Stu, does it? So I don't yeah. know why they're concerned about it. There's only 30 miles. We could put them on a truck and take them down there if I ever wanted to borrow them, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, they can have the old ones. Yeah, and they can, yeah why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody can yeah. go and, you know, stitch some holes in them, you know, and whatever. Yeah. They'll be fine. Hmm. You, you, uh, you, you've been there in the heart for the last few days, as you alluded to earlier on, Daryl. Uh, uh, what, what's, what's the feeling amongst the employees behind the scenes? Because, you know, that, that, that seems to have changed phenomenally in that last year as well. Positivity, Phil, is the overriding. Everyone pulling in the same direction. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a cliche that the manager brings out from time to time, isn't it? You know, from him through the players, through the support staff, down to the, the people cleaning the dressing rooms and, and, you know, right down to the people selling tickets and, and, and serving in the kiosks on match day and stuff. There's just a, a togetherness, and um, to be part of it's really nice. You know, long may it continue. Um, results on the pitch cover, you know, provide plasters for a lot of problems. I'm not sure we've got that many problems with plasters on. If I'm being honest. No, 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 we're not in uh, we're not in Darren Brown territory here, are we? No, so no. Uh, uh, we're, so we're definitely results covered. No, I don't think what's happening is in any way superficial. And, and getting back to your frost cover point, Paul, I think that's what's bothering other teams, that they know it's real, that they know we've got some momentum from the ownership, from the support base, behind the team and everything else. And they must know the number of players we've had out. They'll be thinking exactly like us when they all come back, God help them, you know. So I think... That Sorry, I think there's a jealousy there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Simple jealousy that people can see that we have smashed the mould of the way that things are done in association football with the relationship between the supporters and the trusts and having the trust running the club and all of that. And I think everybody else looks at it and thinks, oh, I wish we were like that. You know? And that's what Phil, how, it. Sorry, Stuart. Phil, how many times when we're in a away ground... To the opposition media or somebody of the, of the media local say, "What's so where have they got the money from then?" Oh, every week, isn't uh, it? Every week. <laughs> I, I tell them Daryl. I said Daryl's <laughs> uh, insurance out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what? He wanted a seat here this week, and there's everybody standing up in front of him, so he had to stand up. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is every week. Uh, there's that. There's that question. And yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to next season's accounts coming out because it might actually show a profit. You never know. <laughs> no, I was I was speaking to Andy recently. Um, Andy Fenton, the uh, yeah. finance man, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, the, there's a misconception when they go around and the to, to, to the grounds on match days, uh, and and they get the same question, and then when it when they actually tells them what our turnover and budget is, we're maybe fifth or sixth in the league. That's it. That's the reality of it. But teams, yeah. they've got this. I don't know where they've got the idea from, but it's suddenly low. Yeah. I can't understand how you can't do it unless you've got some rich owner pumping money in. Can yeah. That's the thing. The supporters of every other club in the country lack the imagination to understand that if you can have your club run by its local trust and run properly and run well, then you don't need one no. man having to do Spider-Man 12 to be able to pump the <laughs> money in, do you? You, you yeah. know, you've got 6,000, 10,000 people who are all chucking 20 quid a week in. You know, and that's how you get your money. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, we need to get back as well to the to the time of, of ten years ago where you do bring in new talent, develop it, and sell for a profit. At the moment, yes. we don't want to sell anybody, but we've got to get return to that situation. Mm. And all of a sudden, it looks as though we could probably sell a few people for a profit. James Rowe has sold a few people for a yeah. for a yeah. for a profit. So which, that bit which, of the game seems to be coming back as well because that's called mm. recruitment. Mm. Yeah, well, we, we we sold people to help fund by another person. Yes, yeah. Do you know what I mean. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it it all helps, doesn't it? So. Mm. And and whilst we don't know the detail, you've got to assume that selling somebody like Cairo Mitchell for a profit was some good bit of business somewhere along the line. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know. Get to pull the trees down at Meadow Lane, does he? Uh, well, he, well, he, he can't play, uh, can he? He can't get in team. So I think yeah. I think he might be taking the Christmas trees down. That's uh, <laughs> at, at, at the end of uh, at the end of twelve days. So uh, anyway, as we alluded to right at the beginning, I, I'd, I'd set James Rowe a target of being unbeaten at home because it's never happened in our uh, history. And I just want to see that before I depart. Uh, I, I have set another um, target today for our club photographer Tina Jenner who next season will be celebrating 20 seasons as official photographer. She managed to get a photograph against Wrexham, ironically, in a, on a frosty pitch mm. on the front of the non-league um, non-league paper calendar this season. So she has been challenged with getting a front page well front page photograph on the league papers calendar next season. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina straight away sort of said, oh, there's a lot more teams in that. And I thought, no, there's a lot more in non-league, Tina, to be fair. There's a well, lot yeah. of levels in the non-league, mm. so it should be easier. Yeah, it should be easier. So uh, that, that that's the challenge that I've uh, I've issued. Have we got any messages that we want to give out before we wrap up and uh, let Paul edit all this and get it into all those platforms that you all know better than me? Can I just say I never thought I'd see a time when we were playing the European champions and their fixture list read Manchester City, Tottenham. Chesterfield, Tottenham, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. There's only one to worry about for them there, isn't there? Well, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they can't beat Tottenham and Liverpool, crikey. Well, they've drawn two on the trot or something, haven't they? And the manager might not be there by the time we play. You know, it's that such ruthless. Uh... <laughs> they are having a wobble. They are having a wobble. Yeah, yeah. yeah the sort of wobble that uh, only teams like Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester uh, City understand. You know, yeah, they'd oh, have yeah, a wobble like the San Francisco the earthquake in January, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Paul, have you got any uh, words of wisdom? Um, well, never any words of wisdom, but I can um, I can just say it. Uh, thanks very much for listening to everybody the podcast as well. And I do apologise for it not coming out or any podcast coming out sooner since September. My fault entirely. I do apologise. There will be more in the coming year. Um, of course, we've got a cracker on Legends of the Spire as well. Dave's got Paul Cook Paul coming Cook, up yeah. in the new mm, year. So really looking forward to that. You know, we're not in the business of promoting other podcasts too much, but we will that one because that is uh, is a beauty. That one. Yeah, the so, award winning um, Legends of the Spire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They never yeah. gave us an award, did they? We've been doing it 20 no, years. Yeah. I know exactly. I'm, I, I think I think it takes somebody to nominate us, doesn't it? So uh, maybe maybe our listener can, uh, you know, uh, eventually put his headphones down and uh, and write a write a letter to someone who will, uh, who will write a letter. Order, write yeah. a letter. Well, uh, yeah, that's our listener. Write a letter to Twitter. He's out the computer, yeah. Phil. So, mm. Dear Mr. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And Stuart. Mm. I, I'd just like to thank James Rowe and the playing staff and the coaching staff and the wider club as a whole, everyone who works for it, um, for for what we've had so far. Um, please continue to, to set records and make history. Um, otherwise, I'd have a fairly quiet life. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Trouble is, last few years there's been lots of records, but of the wrong sort. Well, yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, yeah. well, um, thanks, guys, uh, for ever interesting uh, chat between us, uh, us old folk. And uh, yeah, well, season's greetings to everybody, and hopefully see you all at Stamford Bridge in the new year. And um, yep, it'd be nice to be at home in the fourth round, wouldn't it? So uh, <laughs> from me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Bass, and Daryl Carpenter and Paul Fisher, have a great holiday time. Great Christmas, great New Year, and uh, let's all hope that uh, we can be eliminated back to being a Football League podcast next season. I blame James Higgins for COVID. So, uh, yeah, almost yeah. his fault. Yeah. Almost certainly him. And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers.